But, <laughs> yeah. Hello, I'd like to welcome everyone to the uh, We Go Again podcast. It's Christopher Smith in a very warm and hot Gainsborough tonight. And sat here in a rather melting West London. It's me, Rob Overfield, who, for this evening's podcast, has decided to vacate his garden. And here in Barrington, me, James Barclay, as always, we'll find something to talk about. And my head's all over the place. I haven't got a clue what round of pictures we're on. There's just ridiculous amount of games every day. It's mm. Just couldn't keep up with it. No matter who you are, you just you can't watch all these games. It's ridiculous. But he could if he could if he'd have four of them starting at the same time. Yeah, but well, especially for someone like me that watches multiple leagues, and mm. yeah, I just, I just can't. It's mental. Well, let's let's start with the burning question that I have. Um, put some Only on. one. Why? Only one. Why, why do people who ride mopeds think that because it's hot, they can go around in shorts and t-shirts? <laughs> Well, that's their problem, Chris, and if they want to fall off and wreck their skin, that's their problem. That's not my fault. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it must be nice and breezy, though. Well, that's it. it must be nice from that point of view. But speaking as one of my children who had a motorbike accident, was in um, uh, was in metal frame and all this sort of stuff for eight months now, and just only just got got it all off and can walk again. It just and he uh, they were wearing full kit as well. It's not even mm. like they were just wearing our oh, jeans, t-shirt. Uh, it was full kit. Uh, so yeah, I, I just I, sorry, someone's just gone past my house and I just beg I just beg his belief uh, that they do that. Um, I think what beg his belief for me as well. Oh, that is a segue and a half. That is well done, well done. <laughs> yeah, but it's ruined now because you pointed it out. The, the other thing that beg his belief for me is that how you can not you can be found guilty three times in a season but the disciplinary panel does not have the balls to make sure you get relegated how have Macclesfield not been relegated um yeah it it, it, it is a straight I mean it's, it's complicated and I heard um there was a there was um on 606 last weekend actually there was a, a maths teacher called in who was a, a Macclesfield fan and he was he was saying that there's 13 points in total that have been deducted because it's off off the games that they've played now or so he, he, he came up with some convoluted solution that said it's actually 16.16 points have been deducted because of the way they've deducted them also it was it was it was weird mm. um he was doing like a lot of maths people he do. Was basically, he was talking basically, of bullshit and then people yeah, stop listening. Was so, oh, you're right. Yeah, he was basically <laughs> trying to justify the fact that they haven't got relegated, I think. Um, I mean, it, it's, it, it doesn't sit well, does it? Because, you know, you, you've got this team in Stevenage who openly admit on the field they've been shocking, they deserve to be bottom. They've won, I think, three games out of, uh, I can't is it 36 or so? They got, they got two, I think, and they've, they've won three. So they, they are happy to admit they were the worst team in the league. They deserve to go down. It's, but they haven't overspent. They haven't taken the players for granted. They haven't taken the piss. They've paid everyone on time. Whereas the club above them have done nothing of the sort. They've, what is it, six times they haven't paid the players on time? Um, to the point where they have lost 13 points. Um, incidentally, I think if you add those 13 points back on, they don't move up in the table, do they? I think they've Yes, got- they do. What, one place, one place. One place. They swap. They swap places with Markham. Okay, but it, it, it's, it's. I mean, I, even though Stevenage are going down, assuming 
there's a national league for them to go into, um, which could still end up saving them, of course. Um, I would still rather be a Stevenage fan than a Macclesfield fan because who's to say that that Macclesfield are going to be any better next season? I mean, unless they sell the club, then mm. what this is going to continue, surely. Um, I, in, in Italy, you have to be solvent, otherwise you don't get a licence. And you can't compete, and you get relegated down to the amateur leagues. But mm. apparently here, you get off of it scot-free. I mean, those two points don't matter, don't matter a jot to them, because it hasn't punished them. So it 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 doesn't sit well, and and I I hope Stevenage do launch legal campaign, and I hope they do win it. And I mean, it's nothing against the fans of Macclesfield. But we we said last last week, didn't we? Because it was it was on Friday the verdict, and obviously you know we record on a Thursday evening usually. So you know, I mean, we speculated on it last week, um, and mm. it was a widely held opinion, wasn't it, that they would get another three points, um, take them down, um, and we said that clearly they can't handle this level they are a national league club and maybe it would be better for them to go back down there and reset and unfortunately it's it's stevenage who are going to do that um and they will probably stay full time when they go down there and then you know they may come straight back it's not given though because it's a tough old league as we've said many times mm. um but yeah i just it, how can you run a club so badly and not get punished for it, it it's yeah, it, it just doesn't sit well. And I, I know, that Rob, you'll, I'm sure you'll have some strong opinions on it as well. And I'm sure they don't back up Macclesfield. Well, let's put it this way, James. When you come out of it with a demand, either I don't know whether it's from the EFL or from whichever body it was, demanding that a proper business plan and etc. be submitted to them, to prove that they are capable of running a football club. When you get that kind of decision, it sort of suggests that the club, to put it bluntly, and for want of a better word, are fucked. Mm. Because you because it should it's just a simple, basic thing that every club will do. And they'll run the club and they will know what the what the plan is, they know what their aim is, they know what they want to be at the end of the season. For Macclesfield to be told that the one has to be submitted sort of suggests that the tribunal and the whoever did the investigations have basically come to the conclusion that they haven't a clue. And I'm sorry, but if, you know, when it comes to the end of the month, I mean, how many playing months was, you know, was there? So we've got four from last year and effectively three from this year, seven playing months. And we're basically saying on six of those on six of those occasions the players weren't paid on time. Yeah. So to be honest, that sounds like a club that is badly run from top. I won't say down to the plate dressing room because at least because you know they have you know they did gain they've gained and you know they've gained sufficient points that under normal circumstances would leave them safe. You know I think they've had a, you know when you put the points back in that they've been deducted, they're pretty much a point a game. So, you know, if they continue that to 46 games for the season, then, you know, they would be 46 points, 48 points, and probably probably safe, and not in any chance of going down. But because, you know, they've tried to muck around with the finances, you know, they haven't got the cash flow to be able to, you know, make sure that they've got money at the start of every month to either, you know, to pay the players' wages. It just makes you just beg us belief that, you know, all this be case of, you know, an extra two points, you know, wrap on the wrists, uh, second wrap on the wrists, 
and um, a requirement to submit a proper, uh, you know, properly structured business plan. I'm sorry, it yes, just did nothing wrong. It just, it just seems like it's, well, this, this is going to sound bad, but it's, you could almost believe that Del Boy and Romney could run Macclesfield Town better than the current board. Well, the, 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 there'd be a conflict of interest there, though, I think, because they're already in charge of the EFL. So. <laughs> but, you, but you get the comparison I'm making. Yeah, yeah. A, 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 a pair of fictional wide boys could probably still do a better job than the actual, in real life, board and directors of a football club. And that well, just is ridiculous. This, this time next year, they'll pay the players on time. Um, yeah. but the, Not I necessarily. Should, well, no, of course it Well, I'm just thinking because... It could all be academic, this, if on the 9th of September the HMRC win their case against them. Because <laughs> they'll, yeah. they'll be subject to a widening up order as well. Yeah, I mean... It's, which will be an immediate 10-point deduction. It, it's just ridiculous. Yep. It's just ridiculous, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I mean, how how can you... I mean, I don't even know... I, there are no words for it. I mean, I just don't get how mm. how many lives they've got. <laughs> it is... It does. Mm. It beggars belief. And, and I mean, whatever, whatever random number generator that the uh, EFL use for the points deduction here, because they, they've set a, they've, they've set a dangerous precedent now. Because there are going to be clubs mm. there. There are going to be chairman there thinking, well, I don't. Why do I need to pay my players on time? Then I can, I can leave it in the bank, gain a bit of interest on it, pay them a month late, take a few points deduction. The players are good enough that we won't go down, regardless. And. They can just say, well, you only deducted them 13 points for six separate occasions of it. So, mm. you know, it's, it's just, yeah, it, it, I, I just, I don't, I don't get it. I feel, I, look, I have no problems with Macclesfield as a club. The fans, as we always say, the fans are the ones to suffer. Mm. Mm. But clubs have a natural ceiling. And it, to me, it appears that Macclesfield are operating above theirs or above where their owner can operate. And mm. it, so I'm look, COVID's killed everyone. It's killed everything, hasn't it? It's, it's going to kill a hell of a lot of clubs. I still think we're going to lose a lot of clubs over the next few years that will come back mm. to this whole pandemic. Um, and especially if we get a second spike of it. And um, you know, you, as we say, we don't we don't know. I alluded alluded to it earlier. We don't know if or when the national league and the leagues below that are going to start because. Mm. They can't really start behind closed doors because we say it about League One and League Two, they need their match day income. Well, for the National League, well, for for a good percentage of the National League clubs and below, that's all they have. That they they desperately need that match day income. How are they? How can you start a league when you can't have fans in the ground? When you know, like at, at your level, Rob, with uh, mm. you know, with Hampton or. Uh, you know, down even further, you know, in, in Bracknell and, and the Combined Counties League and, and that sort of level, even lower, you know, you can't, you can't start because how, how are the clubs going to operate mm-hmm. and pay players when they haven't got three, four, five, six, one hundred fans, fifty fans coming in that put a few mm. hundred quid behind the bar and, you know, mm. it's, and we're talking about League One and Two not being able to start for the same reason. Well, if League One and Two can't start, National League and below certainly can't. Yeah, I mean it's it's a funny thing. We've not yet had any kind of any kind of time frame confirmed by the FA of when they want to start everything. I mean, there's dates flying round, but nobody knows anything. And well, I, you know, I don't think they can until October. No. Until until they say you can have 
some fans in yeah. the ground. Some. The key, doesn't have yeah. to be hundred percent. Twenty five percent. I mean what's what do Hampton normally get now? About a thousand is it usually? Yeah, but, but, but the you were talking football hooliganism is at an all time low. <laughs> yeah, right. and think of some clubs where I would where I would choose to disagree with that statement, but um but, but I mean, you, you know what I mean. That's the way they're going to yeah. spin it. That oh, not having fans there has meant that we don't have to have all the policing and all the other stuff. Well, they, they're going to have to come up with the rescue. The Premier League clubs, and and to be fair, the Championship because they're still playing. They they're going to have to come up with a rescue package for their brothers and sisters that you know in these clubs below them. They they have to. It's it's non-negotiable for me that they have to keep every single one of those clubs below them alive. They have to. See. Uh, this is where I'll, I'll let Rob come back in because we both interrupted him. <laughs> yes, that's true. I'm sorry. It's, that's the problem with not doing video call, isn't it? You can put your hand up when you want to talk. And <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's in many ways the you know the the current situation puts it all in a bit of limbo because we're being told that you know soon, you know, the next couple of weeks we'll all be able to start going back to the pub again. Mm. Well, not even not that. The, next week. Not to, not to the gym though. And exactly not to the gym, but you can go to the pub. Now there isn't that much difference within the pub and the football terraces. I thought you were going to say there's not much difference between the pub and the gym. <laughs> <laughs> Depends, James. If that's your gym, I'm, tell me where it is, and I'll be there. <laughs> but but the thing is, if you're going to allow people to go into into pubs, and you're only going to have to observe sort of like a one meter distance, well, for a lot of people, that's pretty normal in a pub anyway. And if you're looking at proportion of, you know, of capacity, I mean, to say for an example, you know, to come back to the club I know best, I mean, Hampton have a nominal capacity of three and a half thousand. So if we're saying the maximum capacity under the current guidelines, we're talking a quarter of that. So we're talking somewhere in the vicinity of around 800. Well, we haven't averaged 800 for oh, 10 years. So for us, it'll just not be that much different. It'll still be the same kind of crowds, but spread it, just scattered out a bit further. Uh, you know? But, the, but then, then the problem might be that the, the word would spread that you can get, you can go to game at Hampton, and all of a sudden you might suddenly end no. up with thousand no. or something. No, because if this comes in, I can see it being made as a condition of this that they would ticket only, no cash on the gate. Yeah, you would only be able to buy in advance, set up to a deadline of midnight the previous day, and basically that's it. It'd be ticket only and all done online, and that's the way I could see it going to make sure that the capacity wasn't exceeded. But that would work for for League One and League Two, certainly. But you know, mm. are, do do all non-league clubs have have that capacity? I mean, I, I National, assume it's National not, League will. Yeah. And, and a lot of the. I mean, I guess it isn't step, that step, to set it, up. It, it, it isn't. It isn't really because I mean, you have to see if we can do it. Then you know, a lot of clubs can do it. I don't it's just pitch, pitch hero would be able to knock something together for the yeah. online sales. Admit, and stuff. It's definitely admit, the way it has to go. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we use. Um, uh, I know. I think it's a website, Ticket Taylor, and you know, it, it, it's basic. It does what it needs to do. And that's it. You know, you don't, there's no, there's no, no bells, no whistles. It does. Do you what charge it's a best. silly booking fee on it as well? I think it's something like a quid or something like that. 
Yeah, is it a quid per ticket or just a quid per transaction? Sorry, I'm, I'm not... It, not, not uh, off the top of my head, I don't really know because I haven't had cars to look into it. I haven't, I've never had to buy one. Because it's one of, it's, no, it's, it's, it's one of those things, because it's like Ticketmaster. Yeah, it will paying, be. I don't mind paying a booking fee yeah. for my transaction. Because yeah, not per ticket. Little, not per, per ticket. ticket. You're adding on three quid? What? Ah, but if, if, if you're paying 30 quid, you're still paying the same proportion. So, you know, I can say, I've never had to buy a ticket at Hampton. I don't, I've never bought a ticket. The, I think last time I bought a ticket for a Hampton game would be 2000 and... Eight, <laughs> and that was because I wasn't a club member, and it was the it was the, I think it was a match against AFC Wimbledon. Yeah, oh, those were the never, those never were beaten us. Never beaten us. Yep, yeah, that's uh, that was yeah. That just shows how long ago it was. But you know, this is the only way football can do it. They would not be able to have cash on the gate. They just wouldn't. It'd just be you know, tickets to be bought up to you know midnight the previous day, and then that's it. You know, and then that's. You know, if you want to go to a football match, then tough. You know, you should have, you know, but done fair, something. I, I think that's. I think they should do that going forward. Anyway, there's a lot of measures that have been that have come in under this pandemic that I think should mm. remain anyway. Mm. I think. I think some of it's been been quite. I mean, I don't mind queuing to get in the supermarket because it means it's not busy when you're in there. Okay, true. You can get what you need and you can get gone. Mm-hmm. I don't mind queuing up for 20 minutes. I'd mm. rather queue for 20 minutes outside than 20 minutes at the checkout. So, Dep- you know. Depends on the weather, though, James. Well, yeah. We've, but a lot been, it, we've, been well, lucky. we've been lucky. A lot of it, a lot of it is undercover where at our supermarket. So it's, mm. But, yeah, I mean, and, and the, the great thing about doing that going forward as well is it, you would know how many pies you need and how many, you know. It, uh, yeah. You'd, yeah. You'd, you'd have to do the cut off a little bit earlier in the week, I guess. Uh, you couldn't do it like 24 hours before and then say, right, we'll print off 300 programs because we've got 200 people coming. Uh, sorry, 400 mm. people coming or whatever. But mm. you know, it, it it would give you an idea of the gate that's coming and and things like that. So it wouldn't be a it wouldn't be a bad thing to make it all ticket in future anyway. Um, mm. I mean, every, you know. Um, mm. But the, the only yes, yeah, because we talked about it briefly off before we start recording that that. That France have, have said they can start bringing fans in. This is why we've we've come to this whole, you know, fans coming in at non-league level and things in, you know, potentially not start until September, October. But the Fra- French authorities have said they can get people in in July into the grounds. And this is a country that cancelled their league, the second that anyone coughed. And because they, their league's not competitive. Well, yeah, but. Yeah, now, well, it's the only. It's the only, yeah. I suppose all the rest were at the time, weren't they? But I mean, they just they just cancelled their league, and it was it was and said there's going to be enough there's going to be no sport at all until September, which is why the league then decided well we're going to cancel because the government has said there's going to be no sport, and now the government has said oh you can play you can play matches with with fans in July. Um, <laughs> it's ridiculous. Mm. It may it makes a it just makes them a laughing stop it's not full capacity it's well it says up to five thousand that's the figure i've heard but that to me doesn't say i haven't read into it i'll admit but on the face of it that says well psg can get five thousand in their fifty thousand stadium but what about a team that's got a five thousand capacity can they get five thousand then because that's the only figure i've heard i haven't heard a percentage i haven't heard anything that says you can have one stand up and all it's it, all i've heard is 
you can have five thousand, which I don't, I don't really understand. I don't. I mean, I, I, hmm. yeah, it, it's just bizarre. But for, for for France to turn around and say that <laughs> after just pulling the plug, you know, yeah, yeah, it does. It just makes them a laughing stock. Hmm. Yeah, it, it just doesn't seem to sit, make, make any kind of sense. I mean, France, you know, okay, they probably didn't have it quite as bad as what you know, a lot of countries have, but it's still bad enough. And yet, it's almost as if that the you know they're sort of like reading off a different set of guidelines to everybody else, and it just just doesn't make any sense. I mean, you know, when, when you like you know, say for example, look at the Bundesliga, or you know, even the even the you know the second. Bundesliga, there's still nobody in there, and you know, say Germany, you know, had it rough. I mean, Serie A, pretty much the same. There's nobody there. So, why have France made the? You know, why have France football made this decision? It makes you wonder, don't doesn't it? Exactly what they're actually uh, looking at, and the thoughts and how it's all going to work. Because it doesn't seem to work to me. Yeah, I have ju- yeah, I've just found the story you've probably seen, James. It's on the BBC. Yeah. And it does not give a um, percentage. It just gives a flat figure, which yeah, you've said. It's weird, isn't it? From the 11th of July. The 11th, that was it, yeah. 11th of July. So it's still a good, you know, still a couple of weeks away. So perhaps they're thinking it will, by that time, it will be safe. But... You know, they'll be, apparently they'll be reviewing it again in mid-July to see whether they can go even further in back I mean, end of August. But they, eh. they got. I mean, going back to what you said about you, about how bad they got it. I mean, they they got it reasonably bad, I think, because they were mm. the first, um, or they were one of the first, certainly before us, to to um, cancel a game. I think it was. Um, was it, I think it was Strasbourg against PSG was mm. was cancelled because of it, and. You know, and then I think I think the league was cancelled that same weekend. Mm. Um, long, well, quite probably a week or so, maybe even two weeks before before we did in England. And for them to say that they can have fans back is, but to be fair, I mean they they said about the FA Cup final, haven't they? The FA have mm. said in this country about having having um, was it was it twenty five thousand fans at the at the FA Cup final? I think, um, which. Mm means that each club would get about 100 tickets and the rest would be in the boxes, I guess. But, you know, if, you, if you're in those boxes, happy days. You're isolated, aren't you? So, mm-hmm. have, have at it. Um, yeah, but the boxes hold about 12 people and there is, there's not a lot of room in them. Well, you, but they, you're bubbled. You're fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fran, France is only fifth in, is fifth in the league table of number of deaths. Okay. Mm. Yeah, if, yeah, I just... I mean, I can I can understand it to a certain degree because obviously, uh, again, as we said um, just in the preamble before we start recording, now PSG and Lyon are still in the Champions League, so they're going mm. to need some form of game to be able to get their players up to some kind of fitness before before they get Going eliminated. Out. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, to be fair, PS, PSG put out Dortmund in the in the last round, and Lyon, I think, a one nil up against Juventus. Um, but they've got to go back to back to Turin for that. So I mean, I can't imagine them holding on to that, even though Juve haven't really played that well since since they've returned. But 
yeah, it just it just seemed really strange. I mean, but fine. So yeah, we're going to look to start next season in August, and we'll we'll if we can get a few fans in there, we will. But to say that you can do it in July, mm. it's ludicrous. I think it's because they're desperate to give them a chance at the Champions League. They realise that if they say there's no sport, then the French teams will have to play outside of the country. Yeah. Mm. They'd have to go to somewhere well, then, else. But, to then, but then, to be fair, they, they are doing anyway, because Lyon are going to Juventus, and PSG are through to the quarterfinals, which are in Lisbon. So there's no issue. They're not playing in France anyway. At, yeah, no, at, at no point are they playing in France. So... Because it's all it's uh, as a as a Barcelona supporter, I am delighted there are no second legs. <laughs> because we don't do well in second legs, it turns out in the Champions League. So um, I'm quite happy with that. We should win it. Um, but yeah, it just yeah, it's 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 just really really bizarre. Yeah, it's not not something that I can uh, see being too great. Oh, Arsenal have won. Bloody hell. Yeah, but they beat, only beat 10 men, though. Southampton had a player sent off. Oh, they won 2-0. <laughs> they won 2-0. They got the oh, second goal good. after that. It's good to see a um, couple of cracking young English players scoring as well in, in Ketchia yeah. and Willock. That's, that's fantastic. Because uh, it's not, on, it, you know, not only for, for the potential of, obviously, next summer, but just that Arsenal don't, aren't really renowned for young English players, are they? They just... No wasn't a wasn't a thing so that's that's great to see it's great to see Bukayo Saka still playing and yeah I, I, have to, I have to admit it's quite telling by the fact that um the first the first goal uh, first, you know, like the first goal score in Ketia it, actually in the second half this his he was substituted and the replacement was you know was probably somebody who didn't fancy being a sub in the first place and that was Lacazette yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think there's a bit of a difference there. He, he, so it's doesn't, a case of, he doesn't seem to be in favour for some reason at the minute, does he? No, he doesn't. But to be used as a substitute to replace a, a, a young, relatively unknown English player, yeah, that must be a little humiliating, that. <laughs> yeah, but mm. it's good to see, I mean, the, the great... I mean, we... Speaking of next summer and that, you know, we. It, it's good to see Arsenal putting out some young players. I mean, they brought on Ainsley Maitland-Niles as well, who's, mm. who's a good-looking, good-looking young, young uh, English player. And, you know, we've, we've got, obviously, we've spoken about Chelsea before with all, all the ones that they've got coming through. And, you know, and, and, and the big, the big, the big hope for, for England going forward, of course, is, is, is Phil Foden. And he's just been unreal at the start of the, you know, the restart. He's, he's at three and two games he scored and he's, you know, he's looking like he's ready to step up for when David Silva leaves at the end of the season. And, um, you know, the fact that the Euros have been pushed back a year look like he's he could well be the big beneficiary because by the time that they roll around, assuming we get some international football in at some point between now and then, it's going to be a big year for him. And I, uh, I think he'll be, cause he, you know, he was one of the uh, one of the big stars of the the World Cup win. Was it the under-17s, I think, that won it when they beat Spain in the final? Um, he was one of the big stars of that. Um, and, it, you know, so he's been on everyone's radar since. And it looks like he's finally going to deliver. And he's going to get the game time to be able to deliver as well. Mm, mm. Every time I've seen him, he just looks unbelievable. 
really, really does. And also on the on the flip side of that, James, as well, there's players that would have been expected to be playing this, you know, in the competition this summer. Yeah. And next summer, they'll have just completely fallen off the radar. Yeah, so, it's I mean, the way it goes. That, the way Danny, it goes. Danny Inks would be the big one for England, I think, because mm. with Harry Kane being out injured, with Marcus Rashford being out injured, Danny Inks is having the season of his life. He would have been a, he would have been nailed on to, well, possibly start. Being, because definitely Tammy, been the squad. Definitely yeah, been the squad. Tammy Abraham had, had dropped out of form. Um, before before the whole pandemic hit, and so Danny Ings was probably pushing to start. So I feel sorry for him, uh, you know, because he might not even make the squad now. If Kane, Rashford, uh, Mason Greenwood, if he if he has a good a good year at United, if he mm-hmm. gets some games, you know, Eddie and Ketia, as we mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you you know you you might might not see. Danny Ings get that, that chance that he, he's worked hard for and he deserves mm. on this season. Mm. It's, it, yeah, it's a shame. And there, there are players like that from every country. I mean, yep. Uh, Santi Cazola at Spain as well. He would have been a shoe in this summer, but it's probably a year too too late for him next year. And um, mm. You know, there are, there are, there are all, all sorts of players like that, but, you know, can't be helped, can it? It's, it's one of those no. things. It is. No, these these things always happen. But speaking of Manchester, Opta Joe did a little stat yesterday, which I don't know whether you saw, which I was flabbergasted by. As you probably saw the results yesterday, um, Man United won 3-0 against Mm -hmm. uh, Sheffield United. And Anthony Martial, he got a Mm hat-trick. That is the first hat-trick for Manchester United in the Premier League since Sir Alex Ferguson left in 2013. Yeah, and I think it's even before that as well. Mm, I could believe it. But that, I mean, that's what I mean. It's just, it just, that was a, just a, wow, yeah, that's, that's a I, long time. <laughs> yeah, I heard, I mean, it's been a long time since he scored three in a game, to be fair. <laughs> True. Well, it's a long time since he, he was, he's been playing that well and uh, yeah I mean I mean Rashford was was brilliant in that game uh, he looks really back to his best I mean you know we, we mentioned last week I think that that he won he won lockdown and he's you know he, he's just loving being back on the pitch um, mm. and he's, yeah, he, he, he set up two I think I think he uh, he had the pre-assist I think the kids call it these days for one of the other goals. Um, so in other, in other words, they're trying to make it that uh, they're trying to realise it's a team game, not just the person who played the final ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, he was he was fantastic again last night. Was was Marcus Rashford and another another very very impressive young man that uh, that is that is handling his his, his status um, off the pitch as well as on it. He's handling it mm. fantastically well, just like you know the likes of Raheem Sterling. That, I've waxed lyrical many times on this podcast before, um, you know, yeah, it's, but just purely footballing and for winning the Euros next summer, I mean, he, if we were to have any sort of success next summer, I think, that, you know, Marcus Rashford, Raheem Sterling, um, they would be hugely, hugely involved in that. And, you know, if Harry Kane doesn't get injured in January, like he always does, and goes into it in form, then I tell you what, you can keep your France and your Germany and half England will be the ones to watch because you, you put Phil Foden in there and 
Ruben Loftus-Cheek, who's now back for Chelsea, and Callum Hudson-Odoi, who's back, Jadon Sancho's in form, and the only problem we've got, I think, is in goal and in defence, which is a bit of an issue. But, you well, know. see, I don't, think, I don't think we have a... De- I think we've got... If Dean Henderson, for me, uh, yes. standout English goalkeeper. And again, like, like with um, Phil Foden, the fact that he's been pushed back a year could be brilliant for him. But he has to stay at Sheffield United next season if he goes back to United and sits on the bench. Well, see, this is the thing. The way De Gea is playing, I would get rid of him. Yeah, he's so, absolutely useless. So would I, but he only just signed a new contract. Mm. And... There's no big club that could afford him that needs a keeper. Um, you know, Bayern have got Manuel Neuer and they signed well, he the... He um, wants him, the amount of mistakes he's been making. Yeah, but but if you've got him at the club paying him all that money, you're not going to play Dean Henderson in front of him, are you? So I think I think he needs to stay out on loan because he's, he's doing phenomenally well at Sheffield United. He knows the club, he knows Chris Wilder, he knows the fans, he's been there now... Is this his second season, I think, with them? He's close to home as well. Yeah, and he will want to play because he will he will know Beats that he play. is close. Yeah, yeah, he will know that he is close to taking that shirt. And the fact that the Euros have been pushed back a year, he will know. Because earlier in the year, he would have thought, there's no way I'm displacing Jordan Pickford this close to the Euros. But for the qualifiers, for the World Cup, maybe. And the Nations League, and maybe I can, I can take the shirt. Now he'll be thinking... I can be number one at the Euros next mm. year. And mm. in my, for my money, he should be because Pickford is terrible. <laughs> got a little arms, that's why. Yeah. Mm. It, mm. Um, so, you know, Southgate's not not stupid. He, he he will know. And depending on how many friendlies we manage to play between now and the, and the tournament, mm. I, I really hope he gives Dino a chance because he is just phenomenal. He is going to be a, a legendary keeper for United and England, I think. I think we're, we're talking, you know, top. I don't want, you know, we all know who the phenomenal England keepers of the past are. I think he could be, he could be right up there. <laughs> but when you think of what the, you know, that kind of history he's got to live up to. I mean, we can. I mean, if you think about it, you can go all the way back as far as Gordon Banks in the sixties and earlier. We've oh, yeah, always yeah. had, we've always had great keepers in the seventies. You know, it was. You know, we had three really good keepers all at the same time in Shilton, Clements, and believe it or not, you know, Joe Corrigan. Mm. So it's, um, you know, it's always been that way. Yeah, we've all, yeah. I mean, we've we've always done even even now. I mean, Joe Hart was amazing at at, at one point, and it's you know a lot of people put it back to um, oh, I can't remember, when when did Andrea Perlo make him look stupid in the penalty shoot? I was some Euros or something. 2012 or something like that and a lot of people put it back put it down to that's where he lost his confidence and he's never been the same since but mm. you know Joe Hart was was brilliant um you know even even back to yeah I mean we had like Chris Woods and and Nigel Spink mm. and Nigel Martin that couldn't get games because they had mm. David Seat in front of him you know we, we yep. as you say Rob, we, we've, we've, we've always, always had well we've always done well for keepers and and, and we yet, could potentially have the best one for well since Shilton, to be honest. I mean, I mean, at the at the moment, you would have to say that there is no one stand out. But quite rightly, you know, there's time, and the, the, the you know the keepers can de- keepers can develop quite a bit in a in you know in a, get a year's you know get a season. Well, well look at know. look at David James. I mean, 
you know, oh. for years and years he carried around that Calamity James tag, and it was only when he was well into his 30s before people actually realised, damn, he's a good keeper. Mm. You, know, it, it, you don't hit your peak as a keeper until you are, well, you About 30. 30 about 30. 31, 32, and then, yeah. and then you go on for another four or five years. It's just a yeah. shame for Joe Harvey. He seems to have... He really, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know what's happened psychologically or mentally with him that, because mm. he shows no signs of it when he does an interview, he's, he's a brilliant, he's a brilliant lad to, to, to mm. listen to, fantastic, um, I don't know, I don't know what's happened to him, maybe it was the fact that when Pep came in he was like straight away he said no I don't want him, get him out, maybe that just destroyed him, possibly, um, mm, could have been. But, yeah, central defence for England, I think, is a bit of an issue, um, especially looking at Harry Maguire. That, that uh, see, I don't think it is. I know I'm a little bit biased, but I don't think <laughs> everybody has against Joe, Joe, Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez. Joe Gomez is fast. Yeah. He's not, he's not the best in the air, but he will give give what he can, mm. and he can play left and right back. Yeah. <laughs> so, as mm. well as centre-back. I mean, I mean, that's the thing, isn't it? Full-back, at full-back, we're laughing. Because mm. we've got Ben Chilwell, and we've got um, Bukayo Saka at Arsenal's been playing at left back a lot, and obviously, you know, we've got Trent at right back, and who won't, who, who probably won't be played for some unknown reason. Um, yeah, I'm, you think Trippy's a bit better, but tri- Trippier, since he's gone over to Atletico, he's awful. Yeah, he, he's he, not the same he, Trippier as at Spurs. He's, he's in and out of the team a lot, um, but yeah, I mean, Trent's the best right back in the world. Quite, quite frankly, there is. Nemo, he is, he is Danny Alves. He's the English Danny Alves, and Danny Alves is one of my favourite players of all time. Loved him at Sevilla and at Barcelona. Um, and Trent is, he is going to be probably better than him. Um, in the free kick he scored the other night against Palace was fantastic. He's that good at those. His delivery from crosses from open play, I mean, they 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 bring goals out of nothing. And the fact that he can cut inside and hit it with his left, and he's happy to do that. The fact that he can hit him from 35 yards without even thinking about it. He's, you know, the fact that he can just pick a little pass, a through ball, or play in midfield. I mean, there are some people that think that he's going to be a midfielder and not a right-back going forward, which is scary, really, to think that he's going to be that versatile. But, yeah, I mean, you know, and at left-back we've got Ben Chilwell, as I said, and, you know, Mm. one or two others, and... Even going back to the keeper, I mean, Aaron Ramsdale at Bournemouth is having a good old time at the minute. I, you know, for obviously the team aren't having a great time, but he's still putting in good performances and he should probably be in the squad. But, yeah, it's still central defence is still the one that maybe just leaves me a little bit. And obviously if Pickford's in goal, then I'm worried as well. Um, <laughs> because that would, that would, to me, would show that Southgate's got a, got a bit of a blind spot there. Um, it's not. See, it's one thing I always hate. I would hate to be England manager because. Oh yeah, yeah. You you only get you one. You can only tip, pick uh, the team that's a, that's fit at the time, mm. and you don't get a lot of time to work with them. But I think the the big thing that I will always find with it, um, that the the thing with the England manager's job is that it seems a lot of time they pick players on reputation and what the media hype up rather than who's the best at the time because i saw i've seen that a number of years in the 90s that that it seemed to be there was some cracking english players they weren't playing for the right club 
they were playing for a Southampton, they were playing for Shepherd Wednesday, yeah. they were playing for somebody like that. And well, we can't play you. We can't play you. You're not you're not going to fit into my plans because you don't play for one. Because I think was it at one time I think it was like eight players at Man United were on the team or something like that, and it was just ridiculous. Mm. Yeah, I mean, we've we've always had the. I mean, back back in as you said the nineties and early two thousands, the the so-called golden generation. We, you know, mm. we, we we yeah, you did. I mean, it was Gerard and Lampard, and that was that was if they were fit, that was your midfield, and to the point where you were pushing our best, one of our best ever midfielders in Paul Scholes out onto the left, when he could have destroyed teams in the middle of the park. Um, you know, and it, yeah. It, it's it, it's bordering on criminal that we never won a tournament with those players that we had. I mean, we had Rio Ferdinand and John Terry and Ashley Cole and Gerard Beckham, Lampard, Skulls, and how how did how these were some of the best English players we've ever had that have been part of the most successful Man United teams, you know, and have won everything for years and years. And how the hell did they never win anything with England? It is absolutely criminal. It because really, they don't really have is. to say penalty kicks. Well, well, in, yeah. in, in 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 this in this argument, can I just go and just go and give it a big boot and to say perhaps because they were playing for those clubs, they weren't quite as good as everybody well, thought they were. That, that's that was the point I was making. <laughs> not, not, it not goes hungry. in the big name, not the. It's a, you know, it's just it's just a case of you you had all you, had, you mean. Beckham, nobody would probably argue about Gerard. Nobody would probably argue about, but you've got some players in there. I mean. I could never understand, uh, and I always get the two mixed up, you know, um, Gary Neville. Mm, yeah, one of the best and, right backs we've ever had. But was he? A lot of people have just never rated him. And so I'm thinking, you know, yeah, he was at Man United. He was a big face. You saw him every week. It you was know. because he was solid and he was unspectacular and, you know, he, he, wasn't, he wasn't Trent Alley. You know, I mean, he's a completely different player. Just, he doesn't score goals. But he does score if, goals. If Gary Neville had been playing at a different club, would he have been anywhere near the England setup? I don't think so. Maybe not. Maybe not. But that was just an example. The first player that came out of my head, and you know he was, you know, and you know his brother Phil Neville. Yeah, well, he was thoughtful. <laughs> exactly. You see, he ended up with an England cap or two that perhaps he probably shouldn't have got. But there was a, quite a few players, as you've quite rightly said, James, picked on the basis of who they were playing for, and they were in the limelight, and you know everybody could see them not necessarily for what they were. And Kristen's quite right. There was a lot of good players in that time, but never got looked at because they weren't playing and they weren't in the public eye. You know, we used to say at that time, that if you played for um, Arsenal, United, sometimes Liverpool, and possibly Chelsea as well, you know, you just had to put in some average performances and the England manager at the time would pencil you in. You know, and you had players in other clubs in the Premier League at the time playing their socks off and being noticed and never getting anywhere near the England setup. I just hope Gareth Southgate doesn't start falling back into that and I hope he keeps picking players on the basis of what they do, not where they are and who they're playing for. I, th- I, think, he, I think he is smart enough to, mm. uh, to do exactly that, to be honest. Mm. I mean, he will, he, will have, he will have blind spots for certain players there will be there will be you know like Deli Alley will pick him regardless I think and mm. you know and I just hope like as I said I hope he doesn't have that sort of blind spot with the goalkeeper because mm. there's no way that Dean Henderson should not be England's number one right now um, 
you know, he he's a huge, huge part of why Sheffield United have had yeah. the most amazing season. Mm. Um, you know, and the the only thing that would that is going to hamper us is the strength in depth. I mean, we just we know, don't. I mean, it, we lost we lost Rashford and Kane, and all of a sudden that was it. Mm. Our Euros were over. We we had no chance. We weren't getting out mm. of the group. You know, but now they're going to be back hopefully next year, and you know, we, like I say, if Mason Greenwood keeps going, and and you, you've then got Jed and Sancho and and Foden, yeah. and you know, yeah. these these sort of players that are going to have another year's experience, and mm. uh, I mean, Jed and Sancho is just phenomenal to watch. He is unbelievable. Um, it, 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 it it's going to scare. I mean, it will scare teams like France, and it will scare teams like Germany. The only difference being. They have a hell of a lot more players of that sort uh, that are world class that can't get mm. in. I mean, they went to the Confederations Cup a couple of years ago with a completely different B team and absolutely destroyed it. You know, and they've got players like Kai Havertz and Julian Brandt who aren't first choice German players, and Kai Havertz is the best German player there is at the moment, and he can't guarantee a place in the squad. It's so that's the issue that England have got. If we go in there. If he could handpick his squad and they were all fit, we'd have a chance. But it never happens, does it? We always lose one or two key players, and that's going to be the issue. We don't quite have the strength to call up replacements. So you've got to hope that that first 11, 12, 13, 14 players, that they're, they're fit. Um, and then, yeah, we've got a chance. Yeah, but you then you've, you've always got the same problem when like, they took Theo Walcott when... <laughs> they took Theo Walcott. I didn't play him. What was what's the point in taking the kid? But just I just want to mention something about David. We mentioned Calamity James. Mm. Yeah. I actually love David James. I think oh, he's, yeah, he's been was... a great goalkeeper. You yeah. realise he's fourth on the all time appearances list for the Premier League. Wow, really? I didn't realise yes, that. No. He's fourth. He had a consecutive, and I didn't realize. Yeah, to be fair, he, he, he never got dropped, did he? To be no, fair, he had 159 games in the Premier League in a row for Liverpool. Wow! And then what's between that, what's Man- that, four, four, five seasons. Yeah, yeah. five, isn't it? Yeah. And then, wow. then Man- Despite the fact that that's where he picked up that nickname. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was first choice keeper for all that length of time, and then he went to Man City. I want to come back to that, but he went to Man City, and then he went to Portsmouth, where he then had 166 games between those two consecutive. Hey. I mean, if, if he'd uh, realised his potential in his 20s rather than his 30s, he would have been a legendary keeper. He really would. Because, I mean, he was, yeah. he, was, he was big, he was tall, he was imposing... And for some reason, he, he he just had butter on his gloves a lot of the time, and you know, yeah, he was he was fantastic in his thirties and all the way up till he retired. It was it was in his twenties, and that I don't know whether it was a concentration thing. I don't know whether it was I don't know believing his own hype. I don't know what it was. Whether it was just the fact that he he maybe I don't know speculation on my part. Maybe he didn't take it seriously enough. I don't know. But if he'd have realised the potential that he did in his thirties in his twenties. Yeah, we'd have been talking about an all-time career for sure. He was unreal at the end of his career. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing. So it just it, just, it surprised me that because I, mean, I was doing a quiz the other day when I the fact yeah, that he, that, that he, he was consecutive me. consecutive things. For, that does, that's amazing. Also, how many other players can say that they've played in um, India? 
Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, he went out to the Super League, didn't he, for a Premier Is it Indian Super League, the, Premier League? Yeah, the, oh. the Indian Super League. Yeah, yeah, he went out there for, a, what was it, a dozen, 15 games, whatever their season is. Yeah, play manager for Kerala Blasters. Yeah, because was, was Eddie Booth right, the manager of that team? Seemed to... No, he, he was player manager. Oh, was he player manager? Okay, because I think yeah. Eddie Boothroyd's managed out there before he took the under-21s job, I think. Yeah, I just found it... To... And again, he's, he's a great he's a great pundit when he when he gets the opportunity as well. He's he's a, he's very good, a very good listener as well. Yeah, I mean, uh, my favourite pundit at the minute is Nicola Richards. Rob. I think we've lost Rob. Oh, oh, OK, I'm sure we'll get him back, but... Yeah, my my favourite pundit at the minute is uh, is Michael Richards. I think he's um he's he's fantastic. No, I, think, I think it's Roy Keane. Oh. He, he doesn't care. <laughs> that that was ridiculous. That rant wasn't it? I, well, I just like Michael Richards no. because he's, he's one of the he's one of the up and coming, isn't he? The ones that have just retired. Um, yeah, we we went through that. As we, yeah, the young, younger ones who've just done it. are just they've got so much more to bring. But yeah. I want to go. I just want to go back to the all time Premier League. Uh, somebody else who's also played for um, Liverpool and Man City, James Milner, is the only active footballer in the top twenty. I mean, he he has been. He's five. He is. He is. Yeah, I mean, he is a Premier League legend, isn't he? He is. Yeah. But he is. He's, He's underrated. He hasn't played oh, yeah. too much. I know he de- he decided he's one of these people. And he's he's probably one of the people to um, bring it to to really go through with it. That and I think he's the only active one. Uh, well, he's not in the Premier League anymore, so that's probably uh, yeah we can laugh with that one. Um, so yeah, so James Milner, he's another one who was overlooked a lot, but has was a work because he's workmanlike and does a professional job. He doesn't have flair, he doesn't have all these things. But you tell him to run into a brick wall, he will run into that brick wall for you. Yeah. And that's what he'll do the whole match. He'll keep doing that and he'll keep coming through. Uh, which is why he's probably one of the only players who's at Liverpool who's got... He's already 34, I think, and he's got an extension. Where normally... Oh, OK. He's got an extension for this for next season. I didn't know that. That's good. Yeah. I knew he was out of contract. I didn't know that... Yeah, he's, he's, ex- he's extended for a year, and that's unheard of for Liverpool because we want to get rid of people when they hit 30 because we want to keep the 25 to 20, 25 to 30 year old. Uh, but he's also got two um, Premier League titles with Man City, and potentially tonight he could get a third one with the first one with Liverpool. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it seems like only yesterday that. He broke Wayne Rooney's record and was the youngest, the youngest goal scorer in the Premier League. It, it's, you know, and it, it, that was what that must have been. What did you say? He's 34. So that was He's 34. So that was 18 years ago. 2002 stroke three was his. Was his. Good yeah. heavens! Oh, that's how long that guy has been playing in the top flight every single time. Yeah, for, who, who's, who's he's played for Leeds, Villa, City, and Liverpool. Has he played and, for anyone? Oh, Newcastle. Newcastle and Villa. Yeah, so yeah, I said Villa. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sorry. So he went to Leeds and then went to Newcastle. And the only reason he went to Newcastle was to bail out the club because Leeds were in a bit of financial difficulty, so they offloaded yeah. this kid to Newcastle for a load of cash. He didn't want to leave. 
but he took it. He took one on himself to go and play for Newcastle because then Leeds would get a load of cash for him. And it's the same with Villa when he went to Villa. Um, he, he's another one with a great sense of humour as well because he plays yeah. on the whole boring James Milner thing, and he he loves that. He he set up his own uh, because there's a there's a boring James Milner parody Twitter account in there. Mm, there is, yeah, yeah. He joined he joined Twitter himself, and the, I think his first tweet was something about doing the ironing or something, and he. I, I just love the fact that he does. He, he can laugh at himself, and he doesn't take himself too seriously. And you know, yeah. Hopefully, I, I think there's a media career beckoning for him as well when he's when he when he's gone. I think there'll be I think there'll be fighting over over him. To be honest, the Sky and and BT and, and Five Live and all those. They'll be they'll be fighting over him. I think when he when he's he'll go to Amazon career. Prime Video. Yeah, hopefully. When, when, they, when, when Amazon probably. take over, Amazon take over the online yeah. streaming for the football in five years' time. When they when they've paid eight billion, I think next, I'm tangent again, but I think next season is the last season of this deal. So they will presumably start bidding soon, and I I fully expect Amazon to just come in and blow everyone out of the water because I can't see Sky being able to put five billion down again. So, yeah. I can see Amazon just coming in and and saying, right, here's six and a half billion. We'll it's twenty it. twenty twenty two, so it's twenty two. So okay. it's not going to be next season. It's not going to be next season. Season after. Okay, I don't know when they do the bidding. I don't know how far out they do it. It will, it will start year one. next year. Yeah, but I would fully expect Amazon and or Netflix to uh, to get the to get a good slice of the pie for sure. And if I I, I would I would say as well that they should enforce that the BBC or I, they should be a terrestrial channel get um, a game a month or something like that there should be a package it's ridiculous that you can't watch a Premier League game for free it really is mm. Mm. I have to admit it's something that's never sat right with me and I've said time and again that sport in general has basically become Sky's Girl on the corner. Yeah, it's a play thing, isn't it? Yeah, it, it, it is. That's what it is. You know, Sky have been able to, you know, beat off all the terrestrial channels, and a lot of sports have basically sold themselves, you know, for the Sky cash. And now you get into the point of where some sports are starting to think, well, hold on, you know, what are we actually getting here? Yes, we're getting the exposure. Well, no, we're getting the money to put into grassroots, but the grassroots aren't necessarily getting the exposure. And one or two spots are just starting to think about this and look for they look for alternatives. I hope football is the same. Yes, they've got all the money, but you know they say that it's the best brand in the world. But yet, if you don't have access or you can't afford, you know, Sky Television or BT Sport or anything like that, the only thing you can do is either go down to the pub or do without. And to me, that doesn't sound right. But I'm old-fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I'm just... I'm sorry, I was just looking at... Um, I, I can't... I was just looking at Neil Warnock's Wikipedia page. I can't believe he was at Sheffield United for eight years. Didn't realise mm. he was there for that long. Good for well, manager, that man. Yeah, oh, do you know what? He's a, he, he's a legend. Uh, yeah, good old Colin. At yeah, at Huddersfield Town, he's an absolute legend. He was only there from 93 to 95, but he got us promoted... And it's still it's still a YouTube clip that everyone watches of his uh, his his dressing room team talk again 
and that was that was at Huddersfield. And I was going to ask you actually, Chris, and is he is he well remembered at Gainsborough? Yeah. Yeah. Every time, every time somebody's been, somebody, what the Gainsborough Facebook group, the Trinity Facebook group, shared the fact that he's gone to um, Middlesbrough. Yeah, I, because I, I was he was, wasn't it? I think we were his first manager. Manager, he was. Yeah, yeah. It was his first, first managerial position, and was, that's yeah. uh, hold on, yeah. hold on. Uh, true, but didn't uh, his first his first big success was getting Scarborough into the football league? Oh yeah, yeah, but that was his third job because he was a he was a yeah. Burton Albion for five years before that. But that, but that was he was you know he uh, at Burton Albion he grounded himself in the non-league game, took it to Scarborough and got them into the football league. So they, apparently, he's, he's still you know quite well remembered in Scarborough too. I think everywhere he's well remembered because he has an impact when he arrives. He is. I, I'm I'm looking at it and I I've thought this for a while. I think the only people that dislike him are those fans of clubs that he's never managed. I don't. I'm looking through, and I don't think there's a club here whose fans don't love him. The only one I was looking at was Torquay because it only lists him as being there in 1993. But then, if you read the article, he saved them from relegation from the football league, so they love him. <laughs> so I don't think there's a. I don't think there's any fans of any club that he has managed and. With, you know, Gainsborough, Burton, Scarborough, Notts County, Torquay, Huddersfield, Plymouth, Oldenbury, Sheffield United, Palace twice, QPR twice, Leeds, Rotherham, Cardiff and Middlesbrough. I reckon the only ones that maybe don't like him that much are possibly Leeds. I would say everybody else absolutely loves him. That's because he didn't manage them in the 70s when they actually had a team. And because yeah. and, also, and also, James, Leeds supporters are a weird bunch anyway, so... Oh, yeah, well, we, you know, they don't, yeah. they don't, they don't exist that lot anyway. So, well, it, it's, it's weird, isn't it? Because he, he's just—I mean, he's been a manager for forty years, and there's not a single club that he's managed where the fans don't like him. That's just ridiculous. I mean, yeah. you know, he's—he's he's just had success, whether it's saving them from relegation or getting them promoted. He's had success everywhere he's been. It's, it's unbelievable. And, he, and again, he is fantastic to listen to. The story, I mean, you know, it's going to be a sad day when, when he does depart, you know, because he has got some stories. He is fantastic. <laughs> he is brilliant to listen to. I'll tell, tell you something, when his biography ever comes out, you know, an official one, he, God, it's going to be not a case of what he puts in, it's going to be a case of what does he leave out? Yeah. <laughs> There's so much. Well, well, I, I remember... 13 years ago when he left Sheffield United, I think it was, or was it when he took the Palace job? He was like, ah, oh, this will be me. This is my last job. 13 <laughs> years ago. 13 years ago. Yeah. He's, that, he's now in charge of Middlesbrough. <laughs> and, and he's got a job to do there. So he's coming towards the end of his career. But over in Russia, we have some kids <laughs> coming at the start of their career. Uh, Rostov. Hmm. They got yeah. absolutely slaughtered by Sh- Sochi. But why the hell did the game go ahead? The, the Rostov first team had to go in quarantine, and obviously their backroom staff all had to and go in quarantine. Their youth, and their youth team. Their, yeah, and their, their youth team. So this was the under 16s. Yeah, it was the under 16s, yeah, under 17s that had big. So what? It, yeah, so they they had a break. They had an outbreak of coronavirus, and the whole the whole club went into lockdown. Um, and obviously, you know, you you tell the the governing bodies, the authorities, that this has happened. And you mentioned in the WhatsApp group earlier, Kristen, that 
the FA are obviously spineless because they should have then postponed the match. But they didn't. They they bottled it and they said, well, both if, if both clubs agree to it, we will postpone the game. Well, not be funny, but if you if you've got a, a big ticket, because let's face it, under normal circumstances, Rostov would probably go to Sochi and win because Rostov are a fairly decent sized club. I think they are. They're in uh, the playoff hunt. They're in, yeah, they're at top of the top of the table. Yeah, so they they would normally go there and, and probably win quite handsomely. So of course, if you. If, if Norwich were due to get Man City to come to town, and all of a sudden it was, well, probably a bad example, because Man City's under-17s are probably quite good, but you, you get the point, if, if all of a sudden you're like, oh yeah, their first team's not coming, a group of school kids are coming down to play, yeah? do you want to postpone the game? Uh, no, I think we'll play, thanks. Mm-hmm. And, and they did. And the best thing is that Rostov scored after a minute and took the lead. And unfortunately they went on to lose 10-1. But... The amazing thing is, the whole of Russia was behind them and wanted them to win this game. And when they got back to Rostov, there was a parade for them. There was a welcoming committee. They got a hero's welcome back to Rostov as if they'd won the cup. That's they should. It was mm. fantastic. And unfortunately, they are due to play... Oh, I, can't remember. It's, I think it's one of, the, one of the many, many, many clubs with Dinamo in the name. Um, and I've got a funny feeling that they're going to have to play again um because obviously they're still in quarantine for for the 14 days um so because the fa is spineless and decided not to cancel the game the precedent's been set hasn't it so they're gonna have to go and play again i think and you know but it, 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 it's a it's a story that's both lovely and horrific <laughs> at the same time isn't it you know mm. the fact they went there and scored after a minute is just fantastic the fact that he was backed by the whole of Russia, the fact that Sochi are now the pantomime villain, and you know the fact that they got that hero's welcome when they came back, I think he's brilliant. I just, I just really hope that the fact that they lost ten one doesn't doesn't demoralise them too much. Mm. I'm sure that that hero's welcome and and the good press that they've got <laughs> should should keep them bouncing. Mm. Really. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the Russian Premier League, I mean Rostov in fourth, you know. Under normal circumstances, with the first with a full fit first choice squad, they you know they would have you know fancied a chance at getting you know you know stealing the third place you know third place from uh, from Krasnodar. But you know Sochi at that point they were just you know they were staring the relegation trapdoor in the face, and in the space of one game they've lifted themselves up three places and changed their goal difference to a positive number. And of course you know it's, 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 it's as I said myself you know. What team, when you're in that position and you see some easy points on the horizon, do you are you going to say no? Of course not. But it should never have been given to the clubs to decide. It should have been a case of the Russian FA should have said you aren't you, you know the team isn't of standard, isn't of enough quality for this league. Therefore, it's postponed until such a point as you can feel the team that is. Do but you no. want to hear my conspiracy theory? Another one. Well, I'm just read to the bottom of the article, that's all. So I'm just going to repeat what's on CNN, so it's not even me saying mm, this yeah. or, or drawing this conclusion from it. Mm. Sochi is effectively a feeder team for Zenit, which is Vladimir Putin's home team. <sighs> so the sports writer um, talked, about, talked about the long friendship between Putin and Rotenberg. 
Um, so this was. So I'm just trying to think that. Uh, oops, sorry, wrong window. I just need to find this. So Boris Rosenberg is a good friend of Vladimir Putin. Oh. And so he, there was another one. Uh, there was another game affected by the coronavirus, which was Dynamo Moscow. Um, and FC Krasnodar, that was postponed. So is this the reason that the FA didn't step in to say, yes, it's definitely going to be postponed because a good mate of Putin's has, owns the club? Well, you've got, well give, given the fact it's in Wilshire, you've got to at least consider it. I would consider that if it was in the US or it was in the UK. So, not that well, I'm not that I'm a cynic about all all these things. No, surely not, Kristen. No, surely not. But yeah, I just, I just found that interesting that uh, a good friend of Putin's own Sochi. So yeah, maybe that could be the reason why that they were allowed to play it and give Sochi an easy win uh, to go through. But what I want to know is, James, would you consider doing that in a football manager, taking the youth team and only playing under 19s? That's what you should do for your next Barcelona thing. <laughs> well, to be fair, I've got quite a few good youth players coming through at the minute. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we're, we're already playing quite a lot of youth players. I sold, I sold a lot of the, um, the big stars in the, in the summer just gone. I've just kicked off season four. Um, so yeah, we 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 sold a, a lot of the big ones. Jordi Alba's gone, Sergio Busquets has gone, Frankie De Jong, um, and we and we're bringing through a, a lot of young players, and it, it's it's going all right, you know. It's it's not going too bad. I still haven't managed to get my hands on that big ear trophy yet, and that's that's the one, that's the aim this this season for for that. Um, so yeah, fingers crossed. I've got both big news for the channel. I got a green screen because it was Father's Day, and um, you know. I'm apparently quite hard to buy for, and they they asked me what I wanted, and I said, like, oh, I'll have a green screen then. Because justifying paying for it when you don't make any money out of your channel is quite difficult, but when you get it as a present, it's quite good. So, yes, the uh, the videos on my channel just uh, go up another level now, because I don't have a background behind me. I am in the game, which is, um, I love it. It's brilliant, and it's so easy to do. Who would have thought it? <laughs> So nervous you'll get to have a playing at that level, James. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you can always follow you at Gamer James on Twitter and what's you have you got a YouTube URL for it or is it yeah, just it's, it's, yeah, if you just search Gamer James FM, I've set up an Instagram as well so I can post screenshots of various serves that I'm playing and yeah, just Gamer James FM and you know if you if you yeah, go to go to that on Twitter and you'll find everything else from there. And Rob, over there on Twitter you're still rabid Robo? Yeah, still there. Not posting very much these days. Uh, it was getting to be a bit toxic on there, so I decided to have a, um, a couple of weeks away from it, just in oh, case it what, calms us. What could it possibly get toxic about? There's nothing going on. Uh, Twitter. <laughs> we're talking about this is Twitter. Twitter, Twitter being toxic is it's not like a normal state. Yeah. But um, so yeah, um, currently involved with another project at Hampton because next season is the club centenary. Ah, so, so there's lots of things to be done and Robert's unfortunately opened his big mouth again and came up with an idea that the board decided, yes Rob, you can do it. Yep. God, not yep. 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 <laughs> yep. That you was think a, I that would was, learn. That was a schoolboy error. 
Yeah, well, the thing is, I do them all the time, so it's a case of I think they wait for the next one, you know, put it on a timetable. <laughs> but yeah, there's still that involved. Um, looking for something to write a new blog post on, so I'm looking for something controversial, something I can wind people up with. Um, you know, if the title gets decided tonight, I could have, you know, popped some fun at the rest of the Premier League to let li- letting Liverpool just go and wander off into the distance. You know, so we well, see it, what as happens. It, as it is, it is happening after 25 minutes yeah but Chelsea aren't that good at home and Manchester City were good away away so everyone's uh, good away everybody's good away from home at the minute but we can't get started on that that's a whole other podcast <laughs> it is tough it is tough <laughs> you can always follow the show we go again podcast.com you can go across to Twitter we go again podcast and you can also go to uh, Facebook at we go again podcast as well but whatever you do I thank you for listening <laughs>